It's part of American politics. We love our polls. From local races to the national stage of the 2024 presidential election, Matt Towery and Robert Cahaley are churning the data so you can stay informed. This is Polling Plus. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Matt Towery. And I'm joined with the bow-tied one himself, Robert Cahaley. Welcome to Polling Plus. We are past Iowa, Robert. Can you believe it? And guess what happened? Uh, I don't know. Could, could, could we have been right about this Can you one? imagine? Is it possible? You know, I've not had a single New York Times reporter call me to ask me how we freaking nailed Iowa. Oh, gee, I wonder. <laughs> what was your secret recipe? Uh, who, who was behind that, the fact that you actually got it right? Uh, you know what? It, it was fun. For, for our listeners who don't know, we both independently poll. I'm Insider Advantage. Robert is Trafalgar Group. We independently poll in the Real Clear Politics Average, and we had it nailed individually, but we decided let's do a joint tracking poll, and it came out almost to the T. We had Trump maybe a little smidgen over, but we had... Uh, less, less, less than 1.2. Yeah, less than 1.2. And... Uh, but the only people who had DeSantis in second uh, were all the polls, other polls in January had De, uh, DeSantis in third. And there's, and, and so, by the way, neither the Insider Advantage nor the Trafalgar poll, I think, showed in our individual polls uh, um, Haley ahead either. So we, we, we did really well. But, but as we know, a pollster's only as good as his last poll. And now we've got New Hampshire coming. We've got a great special guest coming. But before we do that, Robert, I, w- I want people to hear something, and the reason I'm doing it is our guest, if anyone has a reason to enjoy beating up on the dumb media, he's, he, he has earned the right. But, Robert, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> just put a whomping on their opponent in the playoff game this last week. And yeah, and I don't want to talk about my Cowboys. No, I didn't want to talk about so the Cowboys. No, that that was okay. It, we're not going to talk about that. It was not good. But Philadelphia just fell apart. And you know, God bless them. I'm sure you know. I know the Phillies fans. I mean, the yeah, or Eagles fans rather are really, really rabid. And uh, I get it. But the Bucks just we were at home and we just started winning and we didn't quit. Just got on a roll. Now it may not happen again. But Todd Bowles is the coach. Of the Bucks, And I want to set this up. A reporter asked Todd Bowles a question, a very incisive question. I think that that is representative of the quality of journalism these days. She, she asked a question of Todd Bowles about the coming game in Detroit. So let's play that clip. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams uh, today. It's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures it's going to drop to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't um, No, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and... We only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, boy, I tell you what, she did her homework, didn't she? That's, that reminds <laughs> me of most, most reporters and journalists talking about polling, which gets us to our guest as we are on the eve of the, eve of the week before the New Hampshire primary after Donald Trump 
one an astounding 51, almost 52 percent there, where everyone thought it was going to be a disaster a year ago. And we, we like to have pollsters from all sides on, but we thought since he's a winner and since his pollster is a winner, we would invite uh, Donald Trump's pollster, John McLaughlin, who has been, by the way, over, I don't know how many years we've been doing it, John, but we've been doing the yeah. Hannity, we've been the pollsters for the Hannity radio show for many, many years. And now Robert has joined in on our act. Uh, poor Sean, now he's stuck with three of us instead of two, <laughs> but that's okay. Right. We'll, we'll do it right. Um, and I think that uh, it's nobody better to talk to about New Hampshire because John pretty much said what was going to happen in Iowa when it happened. John McLaughlin, welcome to our program. Welcome to Polling Plus. Well, it's, it's great to be with you, Matt and Robert, but uh, my job is to help Donald Trump prove your polls right. <laughs> so uh, That is a our, great job. I want you to keep doing that. Does he, does he look at you and say, <laughs> I want you to make sure that Matt and Robert look good? So let's win this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do a Trump imitation, did you? <laughs> yeah, no, no, but, but it's, it's, it's a very it's good, a, very good one. <laughs> I'm going to let him. That's know. fine. I don't but care. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. So in, in all seriousness, uh, we got New Hampshire coming up and we were all on the radio yesterday t- talking about the fact that a lot of people think that, and let me set this up as well. In, in New Hampshire, Republicans vote in the primary, but also undeclared voters are allowed to vote. And I think they shut it off in our September, October, but people could switch their affiliation. So there was a theory that a lot of Democrats have drifted over to this undeclared and another effort to, you know, like Wiley e. Coyote and the Roadrunner to do Trump in there. And uh, I've been 50-50 on whether I thought that was going to have an impact or not. Robert, how about you? And then I want to hear what John has to say. Yeah, I thought it was going to have an impact, but just looking at the newest poll out there, when only half of the the Christie vote, which I think a lot of the people we're talking about uh, made up the Christie vote, when only half of the Christie vote went to Haley, I I think there's there's some of them that that really kind of just decided to sit it out, that it wasn't wasn't worth doing. But uh, I think a significant amount of of the voters that would have done – fit that profile that would have ended up uh, probably sticking with uh, Christie just decided, especially after Christie kind of kicked Haley on his way out, that they may not participate. So I think it'll have less an impact than it was going to have. Right, right. John, tell me what you're seeing right now as we get into New Hampshire. Understanding that you poll for the president, and, and I want everybody to understand, you know, we call it as we see it, but we're happy to have a guest who can talk about their candidate. What are you seeing? Well, I, I think you brought up the key factor that makes New Hampshire different than the, you know, the Iowa caucus even, or different than going forward into the other states. And particularly, it's 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 more important this year because there is no significant Democrat primary on the other side. Although Biden could get embarrassed because Biden canceled the uh, Democratic Iowa caucus because he didn't want to get ambushed there. So he and he certainly wasn't going to go out and campaign, and he. Uh, took away the delegates for the uh, New Hampshire Democratic primary, and they tried to move right. it back because he wanted South Carolina to go first. So there's a Democrat primary, but it features Biden in a write-in and also uh, uh, the, Dean Phillips, the congressman from Minnesota, and Marianne Williamson. Dean Phillips is running ads. <laughs> and, you know, it, there's always been the speculation that there could be uh, – 
a kind of a Gene McCarthy kind of ambush the way he got uh, Lyndon Johnson in 68 for uh, Robert's younger than us, but we yep. remember it. But, yep. but, but, the, but the other part is the key thing that you hit on is 28% of the New Hampshire voters are Republicans, 28% are Democrats, and 44% are undeclared independents. Those undeclared independents are uh, uh, able to go to the ballot and they'll come out like a, like a presidential turnout and and they will uh, choose a ballot, Republican or Democrat. So th- so normally there's more, you know, in a year where there's both primaries, there's a little more Democrats that choose a ballot, independents choose a Democrat ballot than Republican. This year, Haley's allies, the super PACs, and also there's Biden donors feeling this. So you've got uh, people like Reed Hoffman from LinkedIn, who's a well-known Biden donor, billionaire, given by these super PACs. And they're they're advertising to tell Democrats, if you don't like Trump, you got to vote for Haley. And so when you were talking to the polls, um, you know, fortunately, our polls, our polls, by the way, were similar in, in, in right. Iowa in that Donald Trump had a very good lead and was and we had him right at 49. And but we have Vivek at 11. So but then. If you didn't, if you polled after that CNN debate, you had you had DeSantis ahead of uh, Haley for second, not by much, but ahead. That's exactly so right. To, yeah, so she's trying to make this a two way race, but she couldn't even beat DeSantis in Iowa. But in in New Hampshire, she's getting help from these Biden independents who are being told to come into the uh, Republican primary and hijack it and uh, vote for her because she's the weaker candidate. To what Donald extent, and by the way, you heard the three bells go off. That Robert likes to send a signal when he really likes what you're saying, so he puts three bells up <laughs> uh, without giving away any secrets. Um, I looked at the Boston Globe um, Suffolk poll. Robert just talked about it. We talked about it before we started taping, and looks like they've got a hefty number of undeclareds in that, in that poll, but yet it yes. looks like it's not having a whole lot of effect. He's, there's a 16-point lead. For Trump over Haley, it looks like it could even be expanding, in my opinion. From, but I, I don't know. They're doing a tracking, from what I from what I see. What are you guys seeing, and what do you think? What are the scenarios? What's the worst case scenario and the best case scenario for the for former President Trump? Into on Tuesday. But, but, by the way, the key point is it is expanding. I mean, Trump got a bounce, but also Nikki Haley's being hurt because the more voters learn about her, I mean, she's a media creation. And 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 she's out there saying she's up 17 points because of some December 4th outlier right. poll from the Wall Street right. Journal. But, you know, she's ignoring the national polls against Biden where she's crashed since mm-hmm. then, where Harvard has Harris had Trump ahead, but her down two. That was mid-December. You had the Yahoo News had her down three against Biden. Uh, you had the there was an economist. You go pay poll had uh, uh, January 2nd had Trump tied but her down uh, two points. And then you had the Rasmussen reports last week that had Trump over eight over Biden, and she was down two. But she's been going around saying that she's the better candidate. But then, by the way, there's the CBS poll that you saw Saturday, the national poll. And and no negative questions about Haley, no negative questions about Biden. But then, you know, they got her doing a little better than Trump, and Trump was still beating Biden. But then the last 10 questions in the poll were like, is Trump going to treat white people better than black people? Is he going to lock up journalists? Is he going to lock up his political phone? It was a, it was like push poll questions. Yep. But asked towards the end, so if you were a Trump supporter, you might quit. But but what I'm getting at is Haley's a message of electability. It's a fallacy. 
Trump is the better candidate. He's leading in the national polls. He's leading in the battleground states. He's the one who's going to beat Joe Biden. That's why Joe Biden's indicted him four times as nonprofits trying to kick him off the ballot and is now having his major donors fund Haley's campaign to try to bring Biden voters who are independents into the Republican well, primary. Which, which begs an interesting topic. So mm -hmm. there are very I, I, a lot of people are convinced Biden won't be the nominee. I, by the way, am in the minority. I don't think the man's going to give it up. I don't think his wife will let him give it, get it up. And I think she's running things. I'm not saying she's Edith Wilson, but I mean, it's sort of that sort of situation. And my second theory is this. I don't know if you got a chance to hear Jason Chaffetz's uh, uh, piece or read it in, uh, online on Fox today, but it's very interesting. He lays out five or six reasons why the Democrats would be favored to win the presidential race. And, you know, in a lot of these things, he's right because it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It has to do with the fact that the party doesn't have a get out the vote plan uh, to, to, to really go in and get those, uh, those <laughs> votes that are lying around out there, uh, whether, no matter what you want to call it, whether you want to call it legal harvesting or whatever. Um, I think the party doesn't have a real message. I, I think they've laid back. There are so many issues that could be expanded on television right now and on social media bias and the like, but there's none of that being done because I don't think anybody, half of them say, well, we don't want to do this for Donald Trump. So we're not going to spend the money. We've got to spend it on setting up debates and silly ass other things. So with that in mind, I'm not the person who believes that Donald Trump or anyone is guaranteed to beat Joe Biden, even though the polls right now, latest poll came out today showing him, you know, doing very well against Biden. But, but I feel like it's going to be very close in these swing states. And I almost feel like that the apparatus will be letting him down more than him letting down the apparatus because he's obviously a pretty damn good candidate again this time. Any thoughts about that, John? And what could what solves that uh, unification of the party very quickly, getting these people out? And then how do you get the RNC and the Republican various groups together so that they get their brains together and start running this thing right instead of just sitting around with their thumb up their rear end? Well, first of all, uh, the Trump campaign is a different campaign than the previous two efforts. And they've learned from experience. So in Iowa, they really had the best organization. They had uh, Chris Lasavita, Susie Wiles put together a phenomenal statewide organization with people with responsibilities who uh, had to make sure that there was 10, you know, captains had 10 votes for Trump and they had to get them out. And, mm -hmm. you know, they had a wonderful uh, digital presence and, you know, the ia.donaldjtrump.com was a way to get out vote. You're going to see the similar thing in, in uh, New Hampshire and also in New Hampshire. The reason why the, uh, the Suffolk poll has us up 16 points, which is an improvement over their last poll. And uh, you'll probably see other polls coming out similar that, that Trump is expanding his lead and he's winning like Republicans in the Suffolk poll, 61-24, and he's only six behind with the independents. Because our message we've got, we've taken her on on, on the border and immigration, you know, where she's talking about you can't call illegal aliens criminals. I mean, come on. Right. And then, you know, we got all this videotape of her and the research. And then we've got a record on taxes. And then also, uh, uh, you know, Trump has stood by Social Security and Medicare because he believes the way you fund those is through economic growth, not through spirals of cuts and raising the age. And we've got her on videotape saying, you know, the age of to get Social Security is way too low and she wants to cut colas and stuff. So. 
that's coming out in New Hampshire, and we've got six days left to continue to show that we've got the better candidate. Now, so we have a better organization, better candidate. The difference is we still have these primaries. And there are Republican oligarchs from the establishment spending tens of millions of dollars, not a few million, but you know, oh, yeah. Santa's threw away $300 million. Haley's thrown away over $100 million. We want that to stop and that let these voters unite behind Donald Trump so we could go beat Joe Biden. Joe Biden has just told American Bridge, his, his supporters over there, to go and raise $200 million and run negative ads at Trump in the battleground states. But where's the Republican effort? It doesn't so the, exist. The, no, right. that's, that, and, that's the problem. Right. And the difference is we'd love to get past, although Biden wants to fuel our primary with Nikki Haley as his fool, um, we want to basically end that, unite the party, and then straighten out the RNC. And a lot of the work that the Democrats do is through nonprofits. Mm-hmm. With not only so like a, a a Mark Zuckerberg who created the drop boxes, who tampered with the election laws, who had Obama's old campaign manager David Pluff outlining what they were doing. He wrote a book about it, but he outlined what they were doing: registrations and ballot harvesting and drop boxes and getting rid of voter ID. Um, he, by the way, he not only funded that to four, two to four hundred million dollars. Zuckerberg also got a tax yeah oh, yeah. de- deduction for it. Because it was done through nonprofits that are tax oh, well, like deductible. In, 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 in Georgia, the, they put all the the mobile stuff and the like. It was all in the counties around Metro Atlanta that they needed to win. And nothing went to an area where a Republican was – some hinterland area where maybe they can't really get to the polls. None of that happened. I will give David credit. He is a smart guy. Uh, you know, you got to give all both yeah. sides. And it, was a, it was smart and – I think if the Obama people get involved in this, although I think there's going to be a rub here, I think it's going to be, you know, Biden folks are not going to want the Obama people in. The Obama people are going to want to tell them what mm-hmm. to do. Um, the, Al Gore wouldn't look to, wouldn't listen to uh, Bill Clinton in uh, in 2000. I mean, Clinton said that. And, you know, look what happened to him. So it, I'm, I'm hopeful um, for your side and, and for you guys, if you get the nomination, that the, that the RNC and, and that these other groups that fund the – they call it dark money. Let's face it. I mean, it's the real players in yeah. politics now, right? That they're that they're going to put their money early in to these issues that you're talking about. For example, let's talk about this for a minute. Let me bring Robert in real quickly. Robert, you and I said last year that if they would talk yeah. about expanding Social Security to more people at a lower age, the Republicans would own the vote because who soured on Republicans in after during the pandemic? Sixty-five million. Baby boomers. What do you think? No, no question. And and the point that's most relevant here is is that when you're dealing with uh, this kind of these kind of issues, you, you can't just wait till the very end. Uh, you know, the Democrats are running ads right now with these groups, pointing out where the Republicans are weak, and our guys are sitting on it. And it always comes the same thing: they rush in at the last minute, spend a bunch of money. A bunch of consultants buy yachts, and it's over. Yeah. And it's just too late, and that's just not going to work. So, John, as, as we, let me give you another question, one more primary-related question. I jumped this into the general, but um, assuming that former President Trump wins New Hampshire, even if it's by a vote, and I mean, right now, it doesn't look like it'd be just a vote, but, you know, anything could be off and anything could change. 
Uh, so, I mean, it wins New Hampshire. We all know South Carolina is going Trump's way. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's it's almost a fait complete. I hate to say it, Nikki, hey, he's from there. Uh, Robert, I think you agree. You're in, you're from yeah, South Carolina. Uh, we, and we, uh, yeah, I'm from South Carolina. I grew, uh, grew up in South Carolina politics, known her since she first got involved. And, you know, we've been polling South Carolina, and her strongest numbers were people who moved to the state after she was governor, right. which is very telling. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, with, with that in mind, John, uh, assuming the former president wins New Hampshire, um, what then? How do you get a, a Ron DeSantis or a Nikki Haley who somehow think that they're fighting for this opportunity that Donald Trump is going to be hauled off to jail or disqualified somehow, or they're going to knock him off or some, God forbid. How in the, how do you get these guys to come to their senses if in fact they are beaten a second time and they're facing States after that, they're an avalanche for your candidate. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality will hit them in the face because as, as Robert mentioned, uh, South Carolina is our firewall. And Trump has beaten her, you know, in our, what I've seen, 54-25 in the polls. And uh, that's where the voters know both of them really well. And uh, so I think South Carolina's a firewall. Nevada, she's not playing in the caucus. Michigan, the the people up there love Trump now because he stood up for the auto Mm -hmm. workers. So that comes in before South Carolina. But uh, the reality is if we beat her in New, New Hampshire, she has no path to victory. And some of these donors, they better get those, these big, big dogs better wake up and get on board the Trump train. Otherwise they're, you know, they're just helping Joe Biden get elected. So uh, I think there'll be such a backlash from the Republican base that Nikki Haley at that point would only be doing, uh, uh, you know, Joe Biden's dirty work to stay in the race. So when we win New Hampshire, um, it's effectively over. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then it's on to the general with Joe Biden. And Joe Biden, seriously, I mean, they have American Bridge is preparing ads in the battleground states with $200 million to come after us because we're beating Joe Biden. So uh, it's going to be a very early, hard-fought um, general election. But this is a historic election. We've never had it where, you know, basically the incumbent president's trying to turn his opponent into the Nelson Mandela of America and put us in <laughs> right. jail. And right. Robert, uh, you wanted to ask John a question. I think about this. We talked about democracy, you know, how the, the Democrats make everything about democracy. Why don't you pick up on that? You can talk with John for a second about that. Well, John, you know, what I'm, what I see a lot in the media is again, that this talk about the, you know, democracy, that he's such a threat to democracy. And, and it, it it's the only thing that, that they, they think has legs to it. In your research, what are you finding when you, when you talk about that specific issue? Or, or have you all done any research on you know, what people think about whether it's a credible accusation that Trump's a threat to democracy? Well, I, I think when you look at the big polls, you know, like our last national poll that we published, and uh, it's on our website, mclaughlinonline.com. Trump was getting 26% of the black vote. That's more than double what we got in 2020. We were also winning among Hispanics, 47-40. We only got 34% last time, but that was an improvement. That's not bad for a Republican. But 47-40 is a big win. And we're winning, improving with younger voters. 
so when you look at these numbers, you're like, and and there is a Trump, by the way, there's a Biden 2020 voter who's now voting for Trump in 2024. So those Biden Trump voters, you know what they symbolize? They symbolize the end of the Obama coalition. So Biden's disapproval is so high that the people that are switching to Trump, a third of them are Hispanic, a third of them are black, a third of them are younger voters. So it's the end of the Obama coalition. So when Biden starts talking about a threat to democracy, he's really trying to appeal to bring back the Democrat base because we're in his base. And uh, he's trying to, you know, resurrect things that he had in the 2020 election where he went after Trump and he's trying to, you know, it's, it's not going to work because how can you be the guy who's saying, you know, we're a threat to democracy when you're using the attorney general and prosecutors to put Donald Trump in jail? And when you're but just because he's ahead in the polls, that's his only real crime. <laughs> and then and then, you know, how do you say you're, a th- you know, that we're a threat to democracy when you're trying to get rid of voter ID? I mean, Matt, in your state of Georgia, uh, we, you know, uh, we were fortunate to poll for the late speaker, Ralston. Yes who changed the election laws to guarantee voter ID in uh, absentees, early voting, and then on election day and get rid of the drop boxes and make sure they were in secure government buildings so that there couldn't be ballot harvesting. So Speaker Ralston's legacy, you know, secured the ballots so that Governor Kemp could get reelected and all the statewide Republicans could get reelected in Georgia. Um, and, but Joe Biden took away their all-star game <laughs> baseball. Now they give well, it back you know, it, it, it's so funny because yeah. uh, uh, you're right. I started with David when I was in the legislature. He's a, he was a great guy. I'm sorry, sorry to have him gone. Um, I will say there that there's still some drops box stuff going on in Georgia because they're not just all in government buildings now. They're they're drifting out in other places. But that that said, they <laughs> tighten it up a lot, and I think Georgia's probably going to be a little more of an of a secure situation. Um, I do want to ask this question, though, uh, because we get asked this all the time. In fact, I think we dealt with this um, on the radio yesterday. So I started with the concept that Joe Biden gets the nomination. But what if something happens and Joe Biden doesn't get the nomination? I think we all agree that it it, it can't be the governor of California because then you're skipping over an African-American vice president. That's just not going to happen. But there is this thing percolating out there, Michelle Obama, that somehow she could parachute in, be the African-American woman to replace the African-American woman. You could still get the African-American woman vote. Does anybody think that's credibly possible? And if so, what would it do to Republicans in general? Because she's an unknown. I mean, she's a known quantity, but she's known as a first lady who, by the way, I might note this. Just let's just make a note here. Rosalind Carter passed away. Back in December, I want to say November, December, we made note of that. I grew up knowing the Carters, and we made point of that. Um, also want to offer condolences to Melania Trump and her family, because if ever the loss of, 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 of her mother, if ever there's a first lady who has been absolutely treated horribly by the press, it's Melania Trump. I mean, she certainly yeah. deserves so much, and she gets <laughs> so little from these guys. And there's no reason for it. it. It's just unbelievable. But so we we have this former first lady, Michelle Obama. I'm going to throw it on the floor, guys. What do you think? Who wants to start? Well, I'll let Robert. I'll let Robert. Yeah, go I first. bet you will. <laughs> well, I, I think when you're talking about Michelle Obama, you are also talking about somebody who has a reputation of, of being not so happy go lucky get along. I mean, 
uh, Obama, like him or don't like him, had real charisma and made and drew people in. I just don't think her personality draws people in at all. I think her personality kind of repels people. Well, it's certainly untested to some extent. John, to the extent you can comment on this, any thoughts? Well, first of all, I don't think Biden's going anywhere. I'm like you because there's so much at stake for his family. And, you know, like Biden supporters, you ask them what they like least in the poll, they'll tell you, oh, he's too old. Trump supporters say he's a crook. And if you're a crook, you don't want to let go of the Justice Department because it's you and your family. And every, you know, the dates have passed to file for all these primaries. So Biden's going to get all the yeah, delegates. Yeah, I mean, it would have He's to be have a, a broker thing at a convention or you have to step out. There's no doubt about that. And, and the only way they get him to step out is if CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, they decide to start covering the Biden family mm-hmm. corruption. And they're not mm-hmm. doing it. So uh, so they're not going to force him out. So I think he stays there. But, you know, on the other hand, if they if they did turn on him because they're if they're afraid that he's going to lose to Trump and they turn on him, you know, then maybe, you know, somebody will send a two hundred million dollar bank wire into the Biden family LLCs and he'll sell them the nomination. (laughs) I don't see it going for free. Well, well, the guarantee of a. pardon me. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. So so here's my thought on this. I. I, open-minded as to a Michelle Obama situation. I don't think it's likely. I don't, A, I don't think she really wants to be in that position, but I don't, can't read her mind. And B, I think it's untested. You know, oftentimes what people think is the thing that is going to just be a slam dunk in politics turns out to be a complete disaster. So switching to untested in August or September is a, is a very tricky thing to do. And I don't know how you deal with the vice president, but that that's that's a, another issue for another day. One last question, uh, John, before we let you go. Actually, want you to stay with us because we were talking NFL odds, okay, for the playoffs. We 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 don't we don't go without talking about other things. That's why we're polling plus. What got you into polling to begin with? I know your brother. You you're both Me? in it. Yeah. What got you into it? Uh, I always liked history and, and politics was a hobby. So I used to volunteer for campaigns in New York, local campaigns in like 70, in the seventies, early seventies. And then 76, when I was a uh, college student, I volunteered for Reagan's campaign and Jim Buckley's campaign, mm-hmm. the center. And, uh, Ben Gilman our, was our congressman. And then it got to a point where my, and I was managing campaigns and running campaigns unpaid, but you know, uh, we, I'd work closely with the members of the conservative party and we'd beat Rockefeller Republicans in the primaries. And then we'd beat Democrats in the uh, general election. And, you know, people would want to demand a recount because they didn't want to go to Albany. <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, uh, so my hobby became a living. And by coincidence, by chance, I met Arthur Finkelstein, yep. who was D'Amato's pollster, yep. who I volunteered for. And he was, uh, he was one of the pollsters for Reagan. And, uh, uh, so in, in 1982, he offered me a job and my hobby became a, my living. And, uh, so I've been doing it ever since. So I, you know, passed away other offers cause I got an MBA in finance and was doing public finance and banking right. and decided, decided to do this instead. So, well, you've obviously, you're obviously yeah. getting to work with a really sharp team this time. You mentioned the leadership of the Trump campaign. I've been very impressed with it. I'm a third party observer guys. I don't work for anybody. I don't chit chat with people. I just, Call it like I see it, but it looks like they've got their act together and that the proof positive is in Iowa. Let's, uh, guys, let's have a little fun for a minute now. Do you follow NFL football, uh, John? Yes. Me? 
Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I had to ask that question. Well, I know the two of us do, although there's some teams I follow more than others. So I want to go down the latest line here and see what you guys think about these particular games that we have coming up. <laughs> um, we've got uh, coming up the Texans at the Ravens. Ravens are given a nine-point uh, spot on that one. They're the choice. What do you guys think? I'm all Ravens. I don't think there's hardly any team that can beat them. They're they're complete package. What do you think, John? Uh, this is a hard boy year. So uh, you know, his brother won the national championship with Michigan. So yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure for him to go back to a Super yep. Bowl. Yep, makes sense. Good comment there. Okay, Chiefs at Bills. Again, every home team is favored. So the Bills are given two and a half. I mean, excuse me, they're giving way two and a half. Chiefs. Bills are favored. To win. So, what do you think, guys? I think, by the way, what happens is when the Bills win, Taylor Swift drops Kelsey and then writes <laughs> well, a song. That's a about. whole different uh, set of odds. I don't know <laughs> if I want to go on that one. Uh, what do you think is going to win, Robert? Oh, I think it's going to be the Chiefs going to win. You know what? I've I got a feeling they could be upset with the Chiefs, too. I mean, yeah. I don't know for a fact, but my gut tells me that's a possibility. But it is also possible that John might be right, and Taylor ends up writing that song. Um, NFC games, we've got the Packers at the 49ers. 49ers are heavily favored. they got nine and a half. They're giving away to the, uh, to the Packers. Thoughts? Well, but I, since I own a share for oh, the Oh, you Packers, and, and, and Newt right. Gingrich <laughs> and yeah, Calista. Yeah. And now, my, I, I, uh, I, I mentioned to you off offline before the show, I was like, my dad played quarterback at Fordham. Lombardi was the offensive coach when he was recruited. And so I grew up, like, rooting for Lombardi. So we, we root for the Packers. Uh, but the Packers got beat pretty easy by the 49ers at the yeah. beginning of the year. But this is a different team. So I think you might see a Packers upset. What do you think, Robert? Yeah, I, 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 uh, you know, watching the way they played the Cowboys, I, I think this 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 Packers team is united behind this young quarterback, and uh, I think there's a, a a legacy being started. So I, I think I think it's a good chance the Packers are going to win this. All one. right, well, I'll go out on the on the ledge here and say Niners are going to win that one. All right, Bucks at Lions. <laughs> Lions are giving up six and a half to the Bucks because they are favored at home. What do you think? Uh, Robert, I think it's, I think Lions. I think Lions are gonna gonna, despite the fact that it is not gonna be playing in the negative fifteen degrees or whatever <laughs> it is, I, I think it's gonna be a nice uh, you know seventy something degrees inside that dome, yeah. and uh, it's gonna feel like home in Florida, but it's still not gonna matter. Uh, this team is kind of on a mission, and the city's on a mission, and I think that place is. is one of the loudest places you can imagine right now in uh, professional football. And uh, I think the Lions are going to win that. John, what do you think? I would go with the Lions, too. I think I think they, they, they were the best team in their division this year and, and that, that black and blue. Okay, well, since I've got bracket. friends on the uh, leadership of the Bucks, I'm going to go with my home team, the Bucks. <laughs> also, I will tell you that there's something about the Bucks going on right now. They're hot. And uh, – they really are hot because Philly, their defense was not good, but they're not that bad. And so you never know. You get a hot, but it is a road game, and I get it. And the Lions haven't been to the divisional championship since what? You told me Lyndon Johnson, right, John? We were talking before we taped. Isn't that it? 
Uh, no, I think NFC championship, yeah, NFC right. conference, because there wasn't even a Super Bowl. I don't think they've ever been to a divisional championship, have they, under the in the current mm-hmm. makeup? No, it was 30 years since their first playoff Jeez. win. So unbelievable. Well, those Jeez. poor people, Detroit those East. poor people deserve it. Although I will tell you, the line is uh, they're giving up uh, two and a half on whether the Bucks make it from the bus into that stadium. So we'll find out if they make it. Thank you. Exactly. John, thank you for joining us. John McLaughlin, great guest, great pollster. Always enjoy being with you on the air with Hannity and enjoy having you as our guest. Robert, any last comments before we whisk away and start polling New Hampshire? Any prediction of New Hampshire? In fact, let's make one. Uh, well, I think at this point, um, I'll make two predictions. Uh, I think – Probably Trump, Trump wins, but it's a little tighter than the other races, uh, maybe within 10. But uh, I think Haley gives a victory speech. Well, I don't think uh, maybe DeSantis <laughs> is going to give a victory speech, too. After Goodness gracious. I mean, let, note to Ron DeSantis's people and Ron DeSantis. Great governor. I think the world of him. Time to come back home to Florida because your base here in Florida are Trump supporters, according to my polls. And you need to get back here right now and, and appear to be supported because there is no path. Unfortunately for this poor guy, there is no path. I mean, he's a good candidate, but things just fell apart. Y'all put a wampum on, wampum on him, by the way, with all that stuff every day, the countdown to death and all that crap, uh, John, but it worked. Um, so I'll say this for me with New Hampshire, I sort of lean with you. I'm not sure it's going to be the blowout that we saw in Iowa. I don't, I'm, I'm always, I mean, New Hampshire, really, they love to not tell you the truth, too. We all know that. I mean, they take great pride yes. in not telling you the truth. Uh, so we'll see. We're both going to poll it, Robert. And I know you're polling it, John. And John's every bit as good, if not better than us. But he does his stuff privately. So he's not in the real clear politics average. We have to take the the, the arrows and slings there, John, uh, from uh, inquiring minds at the yep. media if we miss by half a point. By, by the way, the gold standard in Iowa. Who's the gold standard in Iowa? I'm trying to figure that out. Oh, that's right. I'm not going to put her down because I like Ann Seltzer. I think she's a lovely lady. I, I date it, and she did not. You, you, you just did a Trump. You said you're not. Well, <laughs> no, but I'm really not. <laughs> said, I'm not I just thought about it, and I thought, you know, we get the crap kicked out of us, and then the, the gold standard, 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 and it's always somebody who just, I don't know. Doesn't always get it right. I mean, we're not the gold standard either. That's why we're polling plus. We're still trying to get it trying to get it right. Hey, look for Robert Gay with a bow tied one, and our great guest John McLaughlin. I'm Matt Towery. Join us next time. Hopefully, after New Hampshire, we'll have the dust settle and find out where we're headed. Uh, until then, we'll see you next week on Polling Plus. <laughs>